You're listening to a 95 BFM podcast. From our studio to yours, it's Various Artists with Francis and Liam. And welcome to Various Artists. My name is Liam and I will be with you for the next hour. If I can, what we've got coming up on the show today, I will be having a live chat with Josh Little Trotter about Mongoosey Musical. Joe will be back on speaking to Deborah and Lulu from our jurisdiction about their upcoming show at Basement Theatre. I'll be having a chat to Raymond and Coco about the Action Education poetry competition happening tomorrow at the AOTA Center and to round off the show as always we will take you through the art guide for Tamaki Makoto for this week we would love to hear your thoughts on any of these pieces so please get in touch to Kupatuhi Mai you can text us on 5395 or Waya give us a call in studio on 309-3879 also after the show ka'awe e wareware i ahi ana koto te whakaramuki e re korero ano he pakeri rokiruki maronga itpai tukutuku you can catch all these chats and more by podcast on the 95BFM website, 95BFM.com. Let's get into it. Oh, don't suffer for your art chat. Various artists with Francis and Liam. Right now in the studio, we have, just going up to remember your last name, Josh Little Trotter from Mongoose Musical. How are you going today? I'm going all right. Thank you for having me. Sweet. I'll just move your... Um, So I guess just to start, what can you tell us about this musical? How did it come about? Uh, So Mongoose the Musical um, is kind of my pet project this year. I've been working on it since February. Uh, It's a sci-fi murder mystery musical uh, following a set of crewmates on a spaceship as they're... um, uh, they're trying to solve the mystery of their captain's death at the hands of an intruder amongst their ranks. Uh, it's a fun little sci-fi parody of kind of everything under the sun for those genres. Mm. Is there anything in particular that sort of informed this work? So for the longest time, I've been kind of wanting to write a murder mystery musical. I just think that's those two genres have a lot in common. Mm. Um, but I kind of realised that writing a murder mystery in the modern day is really difficult yeah um because it's all been done you know like that that typical kind of english house um setting that's like you've seen everything it's like oh maybe it's the detective maybe it's you know any number of the suspects it's been done so i was like okay i'll add a twist to it mm-hmm. and another thing i've been wanting to do for a while is a sci-fi musical um because those always do so well um <laughs> um so i was like sure why not make them the same thing yeah and i mean i guess it's interesting to kind of be combining uh, murderist, murder mystery and musical since it's kind of like two opposite sides of the um, mm. I guess like one can be can be it's definitely been done in a more campy way before but um, in a more kind of like serious gritty um, blood everywhere type way whereas musicals you don't necessarily get that all the time so to kind of combine them where you almost like trying to dull, dull down the impact and the kind of like I guess slight thriller horror aspects that inherently come with murder mysteries. Yeah, I mean, murder, Mongoose as a whole is is a comedy. Mm. Um, so I, I kind of took a, a very starkhead approach to it of 
of while the the circumstances are funny to the audience, uh, the characters treat them dead seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, this is it's not a comedy for these characters. They don't they don't get to laugh at the situation. They are in a, a live or die situation um, for the audience's amusement. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I guess musicals can kind of uh, dumb down the murder mystery like that. Yeah, just have some like good old singing about like, oh no, my friend is dead. <laughs> yeah. What am I gonna do now? Um, so I guess like you said that you started working on this in February, yeah? Mm, back in February, yeah. Right, so this was a proper kind of like auto-esque like writer-director type thing where you kind of like took it from the script into the directing of the show? Yeah, so um, Stray Theatre Company, uh, every year they do their original bill, so uh, they get script submissions from uh, members of the club uh, and choose one to produce. Mm. Um, so I've written this thing from from scratch back in February, uh, working on it throughout the year, mm. uh, and yeah, submitted it back in think june or july for stray and they um said so yeah it's a good one let's produce it nice yeah and this is this the first project that you've kind of worked on at this scale as a, a director and writer yeah this is my um kind of directorial debut have mm. mostly just been on the performing side uh up until now um but yeah it's it's real interesting being on the other side of it yeah and what has it kind of been like to be working with all of those artists in a more sort of like leadership sense it, it's a, a little confronting. I, I, I didn't um, quite know what I was getting myself into, um, especially seeing it's like I've just been acting for a while, and a lot of people I've uh, cast I've worked with before as actors. Um, so it's it was a, a bit of a change of perspective coming into it as a kind of a leadership role. Um, but found it not too dissimilar to a lot of the like theater sports captain mm. stuff I did back in in high school and yeah. all that jazz. Do you reckon you'll kind of like it'll inform the way that you work with other people as an actor in the future? I think so for sure, yeah. Um, especially the most recent show I've been uh, acting and I've, I've been thinking about, you know, kind of directorial intention while being an actor. Mm. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's a nice little change of uh, perspective to have in my toolkit now, I guess. Yeah. And I mean, who have you been working with both alongside the actors and also sort of producers? Pretty much just like, what has the team been behind this? So we've got a, a massive team behind this show, honestly. I'm far too <laughs> far too lucky to have uh, all these amazing people behind me. Um, primary person I've been working for the longest on this is my uh, good friend Hamish Long. He composed all the music for the show. Uh, I've been working together um, on the lyrics for it. Known each other since, I think, year nine or year ten. So, you know, have a fun little um, friendship that we've been uh, able to consolidate into a stupid little show. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we've got a massive team. We've got about three producers. Uh, there's, there's Joel, Avery, and Jono. They're all great. Uh, I've got a wonderful pair of stage managers. Uh, we've got Kayla and Sophie. Absolutely fantastic at their jobs. Um, and then an amazing, amazing cast uh, of eight of the most talented people I could have asked for. They all fit their characters so well. Nice. And I mean, I guess, what are you hoping for people to take away from this? So I can't really get into the moral, unfortunately, without, without spoiling the show. Too many spoilers. Yeah, as, as, a, as a murder mystery happens. Mm. Um, yeah, I feel like I will say it, Mongoose plays a lot on the themes of assumption, mm. um, the assumption of what the show is, sort of um, what sort of properties it might be parodying, uh, can definitely colour your view going into it. So I'd say, if anything, to Mongoose warns against, you know, making assumptions, assuming things are one thing when really they're something else. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So when is this playing up here in Tamaki Makoto? When and where? So we open in about two weeks uh, on Wednesday, the 27th of September, running to the 30th. Uh, nice. 
And which theatre would that be uh, at? So we're at Factory Theatre in Onehunga. Beautiful. I don't know the address. That's all good. It's in a general <laughs> theory area of Onehunga and people can use Google Maps. <laughs> um, yeah, but thank you so much for coming onto the show. I'm really excited to me. see Mongoose go through. Was there anything else you wanted to touch on? Or just, yeah. Uh, I think that's me, yeah. Where can you get tickets? Uh, you can get tickets uh, through Straight, Straight Theatre Company is a good way to get that. Um, link is also in my bio on Instagram at Josh D. Liddell. Little shameless self-promo there. As you should. As I should. Um, yeah, get tickets, come see Mongoose. Perfect. That's great. Thank you so much for coming onto the show, Josh. Thank you. Awesome. We've just got some ads coming up and then a track from Office Dog in the Red, which their album came out today, and I'm very, very excited to properly dive into it. The Other's Way is back for 2023, and we're giving away tickets. Don't stress, though. It's only the chance to see a horde of your favourite emerging and legendary acts. All performing on the same magical musical night. No big deal, right? Wrong. It is a big deal. So get your B-card number and stay tuned to BFM Drive this week for your cue to enter. 95BFM presents The Other's Way, 2023. Friday, December 1st, across K Road. Tickets available now via Under the Radar. If music is the food of love, then we hope you're hungry, because you've got a ticket to the buffet. Love language. If music is the fuel of love, then vroom vroom, baby. It's time to hop on board. Love language. And if music is the language of love, then you better tune in to Love Language to stay literate. Love language. Spend some quality time with your Love Language hosts, Misa, Carlotta and Scarlett. 9 to 11pm on the last three Saturdays of every month. Right here on 95BFM.
That was Home Again 5 by Muddle Home. Just before that, we had In the Red by Office Dog. Two bands that we're probably going to be rotating a lot for the rest of the day on 95BFM because both of them just put out fantastic new albums. Um, you can catch them both at Thirsty Dog next weekend. Th- uh, Office Dog will be at Thirsty Dog on the 22nd and Muddle Home will be there on the 23rd with Babe Martin opening. Furious Artists with Francis and Liam. So you can go to the opening for more than just the snacks. All Sorts is happening at Basement Theatre at the moment. Next week is the opening night for Our Jurisdiction, a new dance work collectively held in space and time. Joe had a corridor with Deborah Fletcher, the director of this new dance work, and Lulu Q, one of the dancers about the new work. He started off by asking them how this project came to fruition. Yeah, so um, the work basically centres around the idea of how physical space informs our like psychological beings. And so throughout the work, we move through these kind of different different worlds where we construct and deconstruct the ideas and the dancers also kind of deconstruct and construct through their bodies um, so it's a dance show. The work came about as like a response to like I don't know looking back it's a little bit like PTSD or whatever but like lockdown and kind of being constricted to a kind of space and how that kind of limited your psyche or your where you could kind of go mentally and that's kind of where it came from and the first development was actually in 2021 and then we had another lockdown which is quite like ironic and then last year we kind of took a break and came back this year and so some of the cast from the original development they are overseas or doing other things so the dancers have kind of changed as well. I think as a dancer in this work I would feel that I it's more of a mental space because we're traveling through so many different worlds that what I think mentally really affects how I dance. So it's interesting that because I'm in the work, it's different. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned lockdown. Was that the only challenge that you guys faced? I'm guessing kind of uh, creating something like this, you, you would have come across many more challenges. Tell us about that. Yeah, we are all emerging and establishing artists. So um, financing ourselves and getting funding and stuff was quite difficult, I suppose, because often to to pay for these kind of things you have to kind of go out of pocket or do a profit share we were lucky to get some funding but I think that was also a challenge we all have our own jobs other things going on in our career yeah I would say just being a freelancer in general is a big challenge I'm very grateful to do it but it's um schedules are so conflicting when you're in projects and you really have to try look after your mental health when you're jumping in between all these different roles and doing rehearsals till 9 p.m and then (laughs) getting up and going to work at eight so yeah it's i would say that's just a challenge in freelancing but yeah i'm really lucky to do it with my friends and people who support me you've got a very talented crew of people working on this with you tell us about the rest of the dancers and everyone else that's involved it's actually most of the key collaborators are all women, which is really cool. Love that. Yeah. And yeah, so we've got two other dancers who are at their other jobs right now, <laughs> um, Emma Broad and Evie Logan, and they're really talented. I went through uni with them. And then we also have a really amazing photographer, videographer who's been working with us, and she was an original dancer, Yin Chi Lee. Eleanor Fletcher, who's actually my sister's doing the set design. We had an amazing videographer come on and do a trailer for us, Richard Crouchley. So really cool creatives coming together and doing these kind of collaborations, like little kind of interspersed with the whole project, which is really nice. 
And I think that like with this work, it's as much about like the thematics as going off the collaborators and what their ideas that they bring. But I find that really interesting to see what an idea can, how it can evolve with someone else's personal perception on that. And the trailer you guys filmed was pretty cool as well. For those listeners who haven't seen it yet, definitely go look for it online. Um, it's really, really cool. Filming it at the beach and um, just sort of get a taster of what the what the performance at Basement Theatre would be like. Tell us about the process of filming that. We had a really cool videographer, Richard. He just came and he knew what he wanted. And so I didn't feel like I was lost and his vision was so clear. Um, and he really took us along with his visions and so it just really felt like a safe environment for myself as a dancer. But dancing on sand is rough. It gets everywhere and so unstable. It was windy and we had jackets on the side. Yeah, our amazing producer Fiona was like holding all of the jackets, yeah. us, like coming and like putting them on because it was, you know, it's still quite cold. And we were there at like 9am, 8am. Yeah, 8am. Quite early on a Friday morning. Good commitment from the dancers. Wow. You do things for art, you know. <laughs> now, for those people who may be unfamiliar with this style of dance, how would you guys describe it? I would describe it as a rejection of ballet. <laughs> <laughs> but um, if you think about paintings, we've got those classical paintings and romanticised paintings that are really pretty. And then the rejection of that was more minimalist artwork that came from that so it was like a red circle in the middle of a canvas or like shapes and lines on a canvas and I think that's what contemporary dance is it's more abstract mm -hmm. and I suppose it kind of you can bring any kind of traditional dance element into it like although it's a rejection of ballet most of the dancers that I work with have had some kind of formal training. I think with contemporary dance and you work in this more abstract space where it's ideas based and um, you kind of deconstruct things and it is not a narrative yeah. kind of show so we're not telling a story but I think there is definitely a journey and I think it's it's it can be a little bit confronting because we're not telling you what to think but I think that is actually way more interesting because then um, the audience and people who come can actually take something from it and form their own opinion. Would you say that contemporary dance is aimed more to illustrate certain themes towards the audience? Not always. It can be more form-based, but often contemporary dance is thematic and is about an idea or concept-driven, like postmodern art, I suppose. And I think in this work, we're asking you to come and experience something with us. We're inviting you into this room and we're presenting these ideas and the dancers are going through these kind of very different worlds, as we kind of described People can draw something different from that, like they could draw different connections or associations with their own life or kind of they might see something that registers a memory or an experience. And I think we also play in this work a lot with the set design and the props and that helps to kind of build and layer upon the movement and also brings the audience into something a bit more tangible because sometimes movement itself is just very abstract and you're like, what are these people dancing around doing? Um, and like these more objects and permanent things in the space help to um, connect the themes. Yeah, sometimes you don't actually have to think of anything when you come and watch contemporary dance. You're allowed to just come and be off your phone. You can come and not be at your house and just be part of a community for that one night and witness something that's live performance because we're always consuming 
so much all the time and they don't always have to aid to our thoughts and our being and ideas. They can just exist. And I think people put so much pressure on contemporary dance to like fix something for us or to tell us something about the world, but actually it's, it's just there. You don't have to actually have thoughts that come from it. That's what I think anyway. I just love going and watching theatre and being away from two second videos on the internet. <laughs> and you know, yeah. being, being a part of something for an hour, I just think that's, that's also just as beneficial, mm. if not, yeah, if not more. Would you say that that's something that contemporary dance is really good at, just making you feel as opposed to trying to analyse something or say like uh, you rock up to a, an art gallery and you're just trying to figure out the meaning of everything? Would you say that contemporary dance is more just about really feeling it and not trying to think and analyse everything so much? I think it depends because I think one of the beauties of live performance is that it's so ephemeral where it comes and it goes in an instance and you have to be there to experience it. It can be recorded but that's a whole different kind of performance and so I think the act of coming and seeing something that's going to disappear and every night it's going to be different, it can't be replicated exactly the same and we do use a lot of improvisational elements in this work so actually if you come to two shows it will be slightly different. So I suppose, yeah, you can just exist in that space and you can be invited into that. You could come and analyse, and some people will, and bring their own, like, thoughts and associations. But it is a space that you can just, like, switch off, come in, immerse yourself um, in that world for 50 minutes. Oh, you can come in and feel nothing for that one night and then maybe a few months later, a few weeks later, a few years later, you can reflect back on it and your ideology has changed and your life has changed so you can reflect back on what you saw a few weeks ago and be like oh my gosh now that makes sense and at the time I don't think I really get it or felt anything but now it does and it something can be beneficial for you later on in life and you can just take these things with you and put it in your kit here and it's just mm -hmm. part of your vocab. On that note let's talk about how they can go see it. Starts September 19th, goes till the 23rd down at Basement Theatre. Tell us where people can get tickets. Yeah so there are still tickets available so you can buy them through iTicket and um, we can just like search our jurisdiction basement will come up you can find us on instagram we have a ticket link in our bio you can have a look at what's happening just the name our jurisdiction will take you most places hopefully starts at 6 30 so i would recommend buying your tickets in advance um they're pretty affordable basement has really good prices and yeah so if you come to opening night there's still a few tickets available you'll get a complimentary drink with your ticket so come on through we'd love to celebrate the opening of the show with you um, and yeah, hopefully this might have inspired you to come down to Basement more often. There's always really cool stuff happening down there. Really amazing live art, I don't know, book launches, everything. They just hold it down. Yeah, get some culture. <laughs> <laughs> that was Joe speaking with Deborah Fletcher and Lulu Q about our, jurisdic our jurisdiction. A new dance work that is on at Basement Theatre that will be on from September 19th until the 23rd. You are on various artists with just Liam for today as Francis is still on a wee break. Wee break. Uh, if you want to let us know how you feel about any of those pieces or just let me know how your day is going, you can get in touch at 5395. Um, we've got a quick re-release from Foxing um, as their album The Albatross is turning 10 this year, which is... I don't want to think about time, uh, but this is the 2023 version of Rory. You are on 95BFM.
Recently re released. Oh, hello. Cut off the trumpet there, unfortunately. That was the recently re released version of Rory by Foxing. You're on 95BFM. We'll be back with some Wednesday after this. What's a seven letter word for Street Fighter? Brawler. Hey, what's happening at Ponsonby Social Club this week? DJs Junior and Katia. And tomorrow, DJs Chip Matthews, V and Cresco. Same old Ponsonby Social Club, 152 Ponsonby Road. Princess Chelsea is galloping out the palace gate to give the people what they want. A tour of her Tate Prize winning album, Everything is Going to Be Alright. And we're giving away tickets, so get your B card number and stay tuned to 95BFM Drive for your cue to enter. Kick around. 95BFM presents Princess Chelsea. October 12 at Neck of the Woods. Tickets from Banished Music. All right, spot time, I reckon. Got any utensils? We'll sacrifice some, eh? Uh, we're going to need a vessel too. I'll scale the last of the sparkling duet. <laughs> Wait. Mm. <sighs> yeah, spot's on! Whoa, no, I, I mean the bear spot, you know? Amazing, independent, NZ bear. Ah, oh, the legal buzz, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> 
The 95 BFM Drive Show, a fully legal three-hour psychedelic playground of japes, jive and jams. 4 to 7 p.m. every weekday only on 95 BFM. Thanks to the Bear Spot, your tappy place. I can walk on water I can raise the dead We join the exodus Headed out from That is Wednesday with Bath County, who are coming to Aotearoa, coming up, I think, in the 22nd of February and presented by 95BFM over at Wemmy Bar. Very much so looking forward to that one. What's it all for? Various artists. 
coming up, the Action Education into High School Poetry com- Competition will be on tomorrow at the Oteo Centre. This will showcase the culmination of mahi from 48 different high schools around Tamaki Makoto and a little bit down in Otatahi as well, and showcase the incredible talent of the students involved. I had a chat to Action Education organiser Raymond and Ag student Coco about the competition and poetry respectively. We'll also have a piece from Coco that you may or may not hear tomorrow night. Kia ora, my name is Ramon Narayan. I am the manager of Action Education. Kia ora, my name is Coco. I am a student at Auckland Girls Grammar School and I'm part of the competition We're at the front line for 2023. So I guess, Raymond, how long has this competition been going on for? Yo, this is like our 10th year anniversary, which is pretty wild. We began uh, back in 2014 was the first year where we had, like at that time, we only had like nine schools involved and about 27 young people. And now like uh, 10 years later, we have hundreds of young people come out every year to take part. Um, and yeah, we have we had over uh, about 34 schools, um, 34 teams uh, register this year to compete. And yeah, it's 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 it's, it's an incredible ride. Mm. So, in what sense are they competing? Is it mostly focused on poetry and things like that? Yeah, yeah. So it's like a spoken word poetry, I guess, slam. But the thing is, is that where it's quite different to, I guess, other things is that we it is like a leadership program of sorts, like. We begin at the beginning of the year with our regional heats where, you know, young people from all across Auckland come together um, from all uh, schools across Tamaki um, and compete at the regional heats where we had, yeah, a whole bunch of different teams come out. And then from there, we take the top 14 um, schools to go through to the competition and we match them with mentors and we run workshops and um, we run camps and all sorts of different things um, helping the poets to really, really hone their voice and get better performance and all of those things to jump up on stage and talk about those things that are most important to them. Mm. And who are the people that are mentoring these young poets? Um, just an inc- incredible selection of poets from um, our poetry community. They're like like poetry slam champions. They're members of the South Auckland Poets Collective, which was a, um, a group I helped to co-found back in the day. They are alumni, like um, participants who have come through the program and then have kind of have done really well and then want to come back and uh, give back and help all of those kind of things. So, yeah, it's a, it, like some really, really incredible poets are a part of that, a part of that team of coaches. Coco, on your end, what sort of mahi has gone into the development of your poetry for this year? <clears throat> well, with my team in particular, it was sort of just helping them to develop Um, the writing skills in order to express what they want to say in a poetic way perhaps because beforehand we were all really good at storytelling it was just storytelling through spoken word that we needed to really hone into and action education was thankfully very generous and came in to help us with some workshops and just develop on our writing and performing skills and from then on, it was just practicing and memorizing and all that kind of stuff. What do you reckon your favorite part of the program has been so far? Meeting so many amazing people. This honestly has been such a gratifying experience for me. And just, yeah, just being able to be part of the community and being around people who are creative and like the same things that I do, you know, stuff like that. And for the poetry that you've made this year, um, what has gone into it? Has it mostly just been 
a collaborative process or has it kind of been a mixture between yourself and the other folks that are taking part? I've always been a solo poet. Um, this is my first time competing in word and competing with a team in general. So something new that I did this year was write duets and trios and group pieces with my team, which was a very cool experience being able to mesh all of our voices into just one poem. Because we all go through similar experiences at the end of the day, which so trying to find those similarities, but then also voice those differences together like we're having a conversation. And has that work inspired you to do more collaborative poetry in the future? Definitely. Yeah, I was just talking to one of the poets from Aorere College after their open mic run it back. Um, he was someone emceeing, I think his name is Noah, and I was telling him he was doing a good job and he was like, yeah, we should collab sometime. You know, the Southside project is coming up, so, you know, might see us there, you never know. Well, you've got a piece that you'd be willing to share with us for today, but I think just before then, Raymond, would you like to tell us about the um, finals that are happening later on this month? On Saturday, uh, Saturday the 16th of September, coming up, we uh, have the Grand Slam, which is like, so the top 14 teams have gone through two semi-final heats, seven on seven, and the top three from each of those semi-finals have gone through, who will be competing at the Grand Slam on the 16th of September um, at the Hanua Rooms at um, Aotea Centre. It'll be an incredible night. It, it, like, yeah, the poetry is so fierce. This year, I, I yeah, I, I just, yeah, I'm so excited. I just don't know what's going to happen. Um, Coco is one of the poets and her team will be performing, but yeah, the 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 competition is so fierce. We've also for the um as part of our 10 year anniversary, we ran um the program done in um Ototahi for the first time. And we've got the winners of that competition coming up and also performing at our Grand Slam. So that's really, really amazing. Yeah, the 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 po poems will be fire like I think for anybody who comes along to that will just be really taken aback by the articulation and some of the things that, you know, that young people in Aotearoa are really um, passionate about and the things that they want to change, the things that, they, that, 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 that they're fed up with and, and the challenges that them, their generation face. It's, you know, full of um, laughter, full of, uh, you know, serious stuff. Um, yeah, like it's, it's incredibly entertaining and will leave you moved and inspired for sure. So if that sounds like you, you should definitely come along. The doors open at 6.30. Um, you can get uh, tickets on Ticketmaster and on the Auckland Live website. And of course, you can find us on um, social media too. Well, if that's not enough to convince the listeners that I'm sure um, the work from your end, Coco, will definitely convince them. Um, would you like to just quickly introduce this piece and then just jump into it? This piece is called Look At Me. And it's the one I performed at semi-finals. Um, I don't know if you find out. But um, basically, it's just about my journey being a whakaasi or Just basically saying, like, to acknowledge my, <clears throat> acknowledge my presence because whether or not you like it, I'm still an islander. Even if I don't talk like it or act like it, that's who I am. <clears throat> My name is not cocoa like melon or powder, nor is it cacao like the seed, it's coco. Say it properly. I've worked too hard to earn this name just for you to mispronounce it. When I introduce myself, it speaks my heritage for me. 
tells you I'm more than just what I look like, more than my white skin and light eyes, that my ancestors might be darker than you realize. My lole soy fuo, olo ingoa, o ari, koko, polid, malai, agnes fui ono taufa. My full name speaks generations of family monarchs, full-blooded and half-caste, all doing their part to serve their family the best they can. Shoes I must fill one day, shoes that will always be too big for my feet. No matter my efforts, I will always be the Afakasi cousin who doesn't know what they're doing. No matter how hard I try, how much ngangana I learn, how well I see the Samoa, how high I cook my hopos, or how good I cook the kihi, nothing will ever earn me the birthright of being accepted by my people. So I'm stuck in the same in-between I've been in my whole life. Too white for the brown kids, too brown for the white kids, when all I want is to be accepted, but I'm stuck. Never knowing my place in this world, even though my tuwa should be enough to prove my worth, I will always and forever be here trying to prove that I'm worth something. Piling shades of brown onto my white plate, wishing my skin would do the same. Change. Stuffing for Avela, more Avela, and Pisupo into my face, hoping to be recognized as family instead of a dietary requirements. Upu faalo my way to praise that is always laced in condescension. Trying to fit in knowing I never will. Tying my ear to cover the thighs I know will never be worthy of a malu. Keeping my heart up to hide the shame I carry behind my eyes and still, after all this time, the brownness in my blood fails to shine through. <laughs> I may be born and raised in New Zealand, but my heart yearns for home. The motherland that I was robbed of. The bangahau that never found its way to my lips. When no one bothered to teach me, I was the one blamed for it. I'm a child of Samoa, a descendant of Niue. Pacifica runs through you the same way it runs through me, so why can't you see me, Va'ai? The tatau of my ainga hidden underneath my skin, Va'ai. The hiapo turned inside out that drapes my body. Look at me. You say, Nothing is more important than your family. So why am I never enough for you? Thank you. Oh, incredible. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you for the opportunity, honestly. And I am sure that everyone is going to be super keen to see you perform on Saturday night again. Incredible mahi on everything that you've done this year. And yeah, good luck. Thank you. And thank you, Ramon. Honestly, you guys give us endless opportunities and the to just express ourselves freely. It's amazing. Thank you. Kia ora koko. Yo. Such a blessing. Such a blessing, man. That was Ramon and Koko from Action Education. It's the 95 BFM Art Guide on various artists. It's paintings in that. Right, tonight, Labour Day, Friday, the 15th of September. It's opened up on Wednesday, we'll stay open until the 7th of October. So I wanted to give it a quick mention. This is Sung Hwan Bobby Park's BTM 926 exhibition, as well as Omega Tasi Falasaga Lona Lua Ata Drag for Democracy with Chloe Swarbrick is on at Neck of the Woods. Tickets from greens.org.nz. And the reception for Ian Scott's asymmetrical chevrons is on from 12 till 2 p.m. at Michael Lett Gallery. 
Datapu Sunday the 17th, there will be a little record pop-up at Conk Kitchen and Bar with 95BFM's Stinky Jim spinning some tunes and over at Studio 122 as an arts workshop with Akriti from 11 till 2. Then Rahina Monday the 18th and Datu Tuesday the 19th. The AGI Open will be held also at Air Center, an international design conference with over 30 designers coming from around the world. I had a chat with the good people over at AGI Open on, I think, either last week's show or the week show before that. Um, so if you want to tune in, you can go back and listen on the Bcast. And if you have anything that you would like to get on the Art Guide, feel free to get in touch at arts at 95bfm.com. That was the 95BFM Art Guide. Just before... Oh, hello. We um, close out of the show. I've got one more track from um, William Bonney. Sorry about that. Good old headphone jack, Mr. Caps. with Francis and Liam.
That was a 95BFM podcast. Support 95BFM with a B-card. Go to 95BFM.com slash sign up.